All right. Good morning. Nice to see you all today. Oh, I say it's nice to see you all today. Now you got it. Can you help me then welcome somebody sitting next to you and tell the person you're welcome in Jesus' name. You're welcome. God bless you. You're welcome. Fantastic. Father, we come before you this morning. We've come from our various homes. Lord Almighty, we had a week since we saw ourselves, probably, but we are back in your house. And so, Lord, we begin to lay aside whatever experiences we have had through the week. And we come before your glorious presence to be renewed, to be empowered. Lord, we come before you to hear your word, the word of life. And so, Lord, we pray today that the word will come to us with power and great glory. That our lives will be transformed and renewed and will be empowered to go back out to the world to declare that your kingdom has come. To declare that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, has anyone been sowing in tears? May this become the time of reaping with songs of joy. Lord, we pray today will be a very wonderful experience for each and every one of us. Thank you for those who are going to be received into membership today. We know you will empower them, Lord, to use their gifts and ministry to serve you in this place among us and with us. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry team, the worship group, everyone here who is going to be used in one way or the other. Lord, we pray that we all will become instruments of blessing in your hands. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer. May your name be exalted today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's listen to our first Bible reading. Our first reading comes from the Old Testament prophet Hosea. Uh, It's chapter 10, verses 1 to 2, and then reading on from 8 to 13. Israel was a spreading vine. He brought forth fruit for himself. As his fruit increased, he built more altars. And as his land prospered, he adorned his sacred stones. Their heart is deceitful, and now they must bear their guilt. The Lord will demolish their altars and destroy their sacred stones. The high places of wickedness will be destroyed... It is the sin of Israel. Thorns and thistles will grow up and cover their altars. Then they will say to the mountains, Cover us, and to the hills, Fall on us. Since the days of Gibeah, you have sinned, O Israel, and there you have remained. Did not war overtake the evildoers in Gibeah? When I please, I will punish them. Nations will be gathered against them to put them in bonds for their double sin. Ephraim is a trained heifer that loves to thresh, so I will put a yoke on her fair neck. I will drive Ephraim. Judah must plough, and Jacob must break up the ground. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unploughed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness on you. But you have planted wickedness. You have reaped evil. 
you have eaten the fruit of deception. So now we'll listen to the second reading that's taken from James. The second reading is taken from James chapter 3, verses 1 to 18. Taming the tongue. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with its curse, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth, come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. 
We praise you, Lord. We believe. Yes, Lord, we believe. You conquered the power of grave and you rose again. And you gave us an example to show us what will happen. And so, Father, we yield to you. And pray the Lord, you will speak to us. We open our ears. We open our hearts. Let your word come to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I said this morning uh, that the theme for today follows on from the last time. The last time we read the scripture that says to us, break up your fallow ground, your unplowed ground. And so I began to reflect on it further and I was you know, getting that the Lord is saying to us, there's actually power in brokenness. Because when we hear God asking us to break our fallow ground and for us to be ready to receive, you know, when you break fallow ground, you're tilling the ground, you're cutting up the bushes, you're clearing it ready for receiving the seed. But if that land were a human being, it will feel the laceration. It will feel the breaking, the hole, or whatever kind of implement you're using. But then, it's not just for the sake of it. There's something, it has a purpose. And so that is why, you know, I thought, or I sensed that we needed to look at what it means, the power of this brokenness. Because brokenness, I did say, could come out of us responding to God. Or it could just be, you know, the fallowness of a, of, of a field could just be that it was untended. And so for us to break it, there's a decision. In all of us, we all have scars in our bodies. I don't think there's anyone here who has not got one kind of scar or the other. Some have on their hands and their legs and heads. Maybe <laughs> had some knock on the head when they were younger. And there was a wound. So in some ways, the scars we have are a testimony of what happened some time ago. But that scar is also an evidence of healing that has taken place. Now, in Japanese art, they have something they do to deal with broken vessels. When a piece of pottery crashes, they pick it together and use something to glue it together. But in gluing it together, they use gold dusts. And that is what comes out when you see it. So from that brokenness, something more beautiful comes out of it. So it's not just the history of that piece of pottery having been broken, but actually after the breaking, that something better came out of it. And that's what I was talking about. When that fallow ground is broken, then there is the planting that takes place. And so that planting leads to something else that happens. I want us to look at the life of someone who in scripture we were told about. And I'd like us to turn to our Bible this time. Okay, if we go to 
the next um, slide. And we'll see the life of a woman who came to Jesus and there was an event. Jesus was invited to an occasion. And there, she came and asked Mary. She came to Jesus and as Jesus was eating, he didn't know what was happening. This woman crept and came to the foot of Jesus and was weeping. And as she was weeping, her tears were dripping. This woman was known as a sinner. Mm. In her community, everyone knew her as what? A sinner. And so, what has this sinner got to do with Jesus? And so all the people who were sat with Jesus at the table were looking at Jesus. Do you know who is touching you? This is a sinner. She's known in our community as such. And everyone knows her lifestyle. So why is it then that you are allowing this woman to touch you? Not only that, using her hair to wipe your feet. Jesus, something is happening here. And you don't seem to be seeing it. Something is happening and you're letting it happen. Why, Jesus? And Jesus rebuked them. And he said to them, look, I came to you all the while. You didn't give me water to wash my feet. But this woman came with her tears. She washed my feet. With her hair, she cleaned my feet. But this woman was reacting from her place of brokenness. Something had happened in her life. And she was turning to Jesus and responding to the call of the Lord. No one else saw what was happening in her heart. Everyone else was judging her based on what they saw of her. That sinner. There's a story of St. Augustine. St. Augustine as a young man was someone who lived a wayward life. And people knew him. And he had this string of girlfriends. And he would go out with them and enjoy life and come back. But one fateful day, the Lord encountered him. And Augustine's life changed. And when Augustine's life changed, people didn't know that. And then... He was going to church. And on the way, he met the girlfriend who was coming to meet him. Augustine. He won't answer. Augustine, we have an appointment today. Where are you going? He said, Augustine won't answer. He said, what's wrong with him? Came to him and shook him. Is this still Augustine? What's wrong with you, Augustine? He said, well... The Augustine you knew yesterday is dead. This is a different person today. Something new has happened in me. If you want to come with me to church, come along with me. And this woman knew that something had actually happened. And from that moment, 
His life was transformed. There was a change that no one could controvert. Because why? God has transformed him. Now, this woman came to Jesus with self-abandonment. Didn't think of anything of what people were going to say. And what happened? People were busy judging her. But before God, this was a woman who had received grace. A woman who had received something that no one else could give her. Her tears, if we went to the next slide, something we can see there. But actually, let's back up again. You will see there the breaking or the broken bottle. Because this woman broke the oil that she had with her. This alabaster jar, this oil, the perfume was normally preserved for when they get married. But this woman was able to just let go because of Jesus. So you can see the broken pieces of the bottle. But you can see her tears. But in the next slide, we see someone captured those tears very much and released it. I have here with me a book written by a friend of ours. We spoke with her yesterday. She is actually Sharon's godmother. The gift of infertility. I I showed it in the morning. Now, this woman and her husband, incidentally her name is Nenna, same name as my wife. So, she wrote this book from her experience of pain. And to talk about the gift of infertility, how can infertility become a gift? Because to us ordinarily, we cannot see it that way. Because it's pain. Because it's expectation that has not been fulfilled. And they kept trying. They went through everything. IVF, she kept taking in, by the way, and losing the pregnancy. Taking in and losing the pregnancy. But praise be to God, now they have a four-year-old boy. But that was after years of seeking and praying. And finally, the Lord answered. We ourselves, I shared in the morning also, it's good for us to know some of our stories. When we got married, after a few months, a couple of months, Nena took in. But then, that was shortly after her graduation from university. And then, after graduation, you go and do law school. Now, between the time she graduated and when she was going to law school, we had our wedding. That lovely Christmas day. Not Christmas day, Christmas. I mean, December day. And so, we now went over to the law school for Nena to start law school after our honeymoon. And we went to the school to check her name. We didn't find her name. Why? She passed. She didn't fail. But it happened that the university hadn't turned in her name alongside the list they sent. They sent a few and left others. And so the law school said, sorry, we can't find your name here. Go back to your university. And we went back. We cut our honeymoon short. We went back and back and forth. And then finally, we were told that they're going to do something about it. And someone was actually helping us. Someone who was a minister in government. But that tells you something from that experience. If God is not in something... It doesn't matter who is involved. And with all that they did, it didn't work. 
By this time then, I was already pregnant for about three months. That was about May of that year. She traveled back, and we were hosting the synod in our church. And we did everything, you know. Of course, Nena is always tidy. Forget about me. <laughs> She's a more tidy person. And she did everything, and we were ready to host the synod. But Friday went, Saturday, she started bleeding. Oh, what do we do? We approached a nurse in the church. The nurse said, don't worry, calm down. It will be all right. But it wasn't all right. The next day, Sunday, the bleeding continued. And after the synod meeting, someone helped us, took her to hospital. And the doctor said, well, unfortunately, there's nothing I can do. I'll give you pain uh, tablets, and in the end, if it will stay, it will stay. But sometimes, the body has a way of actually rejecting a pregnancy that sometimes may be a very difficult one. So if it happens to go, it could just be God saying, let it go. And you know what? Sunday night was hell on earth for us. She was crying, I was crying. Throughout the night, by the early morning, we had lost that pregnancy. It was an experience that was traumatic for us. Now, why am I sharing it? It's because in life, I told you, we all have scars. And those scars, some of them come out of very difficult circumstances. We're being broken by those circumstances. Can we move on to the next slide? And we see all of that takes us through this school of hard knocks. You know, there's actually a, an exercise group called the school of hard knocks. People go through it, go through some grueling exercises so that they can actually get themselves ready for some things. Maybe they want to lose weight. Maybe they just want to gain some more stamina. Maybe they just want to get into some kind of sports and so they can enroll in the school of hard knocks. Or maybe they just want to get off their bum as um, couch potatoes. They just want to do something with their lives. And they go to the school of hard knocks and they put them through that. But you know what? Life can actually also be a rough school where we experience things that we cannot all talk about. Some of the scars you have today, if you're asked, you may not be able to go through the story because it's a long story. It might take someone to come and sit down with you and hear that story. But if we move on, we begin to discover that those knocks are things that prepare us. If you want to go to the next slide. There are things that prepare us through life. Like that pottery that was knocked and broken but it was mended. Jesus said he came to mend broken hearts. So the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to bring good news to the poor. And so that brokenness in us is not supposed to destroy us. If we move on to the next slide quickly. It's because God allows these things. That Japanese art I told you. Kintsugi. Is to make sure what was broken comes out better than it was before. And for me, it also shows how God can use our place of brokenness. And transform us into people who become a blessing to others. And if we move on. Quickly, and you begin to find there 
Thomas Edison telling us that in our failures, it only helps us to find how not to repeat the same mistakes. He says, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Because for us to get the light bulb we have today, he went through a lot of research and did everything from step to step. It didn't work. Everything he tried didn't work. He kept going. It didn't work until it finally worked. And someone asked him, how did it happen? Were you not discouraged for those number of times? He said, no, I have not failed. I have only discovered how not to do it, how it won't work. But then it finally worked. That's why we have the light bulb today. Even though we have been told it wasn't actually Thomas Edison who discovered or finally made it happen. But he took the praise anyway. Let's go to the next slide. And we begin to see there that the school of hardness can give you bruises and scars. And this time, I actually want us to read Galatians chapter 6. And we begin to see there what the scripture tells us. That the bruises we have from all the things we experience... Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. Paul the Apostle says, From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the mark of Jesus. He went through experiences that were hard. And if we want to see some of those experiences, they are in the previous book, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And let's see what Paul said about that experience. Paul was writing there, verses 24 to 26. 2 Corinthians 11. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. And so the Apostle Paul had that. He had the certificates of the school of hard knocks to show for it on his body. The crushes, the, 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 the crushing, the losses. There is a reason for it. And if we move on quickly, it tells us then that this body has gone through this for a purpose. A purpose to bring contrition because sometimes life can make us begin to think it might be something that happened that led to that. And God is saying, can you sit back and reflect? And the next one starts with A, abasement. It brings humility. The crushing makes us humble. 
Because we begin to see now our mortality. We begin to see that we are not invincible. Only God is the one who is immortal. And the next one again. We see the vulnerability. The crushing makes us vulnerable. People can take advantage of us. People can look at us as they looked at that woman and say, Jesus, do you know who is touching you? This woman is a sinner. And Jesus didn't care. So this woman has received grace. And we see the next one again. It brings to us endurance. In the midst of all the suffering, we find endurance to go through life. And then, this is a difficult one, death. How is this? Because Jesus, the Bible says, he was crushed for our iniquity. He went through pain for us. But then also the scripture says, except a grain of wheat falls and dies, it abides alone. When we go through those challenges of life, God says to us, I want to do something new in you. Something new life will spring out. And if we see the picture that goes with this, you see that seed that was sown is rot in the ground. It begins to sprout. As it's springing out, the original seed dies, but something new comes out of it. And that is a new life. The power of brokenness is that there is new life in you. And you're a Christian today. God has taken you through what you've come through. Don't give up now. Because we are on a journey. If you've watched the Pilgrim's Progress, thank God is back in the cinema now. Go and see it and see what Christian went through. We could go through things in life. And let's see what happens when we go through those things. The next slide, we begin to see the result of it could be negative or it could be positive. It could be negative, bringing resentment, bringing a sense of revenge. This thing these people have done to me, I want to revenge. Or it could be, well, I just give up. I just give up. I don't want to do anymore. Some people have given up on life. Some people have given up on love. Some people have given up on trusting other people. But let me tell you, the same experience can bring something positive. A wealth of experience. Words of wisdom. It can bring you to the place of worship. Where you now say, God, all to you I surrender. And so today as we bring it together, if we go to the next slide... The Lord is saying to us that out of that brokenness, a light is coming out. You have that treasure in earthen vessel in you. Something. That woman, when she broke that bottle, what happened? The fragrance filled the room. There's a fragrance in you. There's a fragrance in me that God wants to release. Let your pain become the point of release. Of the fragrance that God has put in you. Don't at this time in your life begin to say, Lord, why have you abandoned me? The Lord is always with you. And if we go quickly to the next one, it begins to show us the scripture. Jesus said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now what happens? It says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. But when that seed dies, it begins to produce. 
And that's the word of God for us today. He says, I delight in weakness, in insults. That's what Paul is saying. In persecutions. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And what does he say? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. It's upon you. Because the Lord has anointed you to be a proclaimer of good news. And what am I bringing to you today? In your place of brokenness, God is bringing healing. In your place of retirement, God is bringing new life. There's something new that's going to spring up. Maybe in your body, you're unwell. God can bring new life to begin to spring out of it. Maybe you face challenge in your place of work. God can begin to transform that place of abandonment. That fallow ground becomes a fertile ground. What is it that you're facing today? And God is saying to you, bring it to me now. Let us pray. Holy Spirit of God, thank you. Lord, in our place of brokenness, we pray a new life will spring. You have brought us, Lord, to your table, the table of life, even though death was what brought new life. Jesus, you gave yourself totally to us, and you died that we might live. O God, on this day, we surrender to you. This place of brokenness, Lord, may become that place of new life. This place of brokenness, Lord, may be the place of surrender. Lord, we surrender to you now. Help us, Father. May our brokenness not lead to something negative, but something of a new life, something fresh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wipe away tears where there is scar. Lord, may we see that gold dust. Yes, Father, may it arise, Lord, that something new, something beautiful will come out. Thank you for hearing our prayer, dear Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.